The following podcast was originally recorded as a live stream for YouTube on January 10th, 2021, and has been edited slightly to account for the fact that you can't see what's going on. Proceed at your own risk. Hey folks, uh, we are live now with the Just Another Fanboy live stream. This is me, your host, Stephen. How's everybody doing? I have a, another special guest. I seem to say that every single week because I'm always so excited about the people that I have on. But today we're talking to singer, songwriter, musician, all-around swell fella, <laughs> Kyle Stevens, also known as Kirby Crackle. How's it going? How are you, man? Thanks for having me. Good. How are you? Doing all right. Just made breakfast for the ladies. Going to make nerd talk for you. Right on. It's a good day. You just you just went out. Oh. Muted. Hold on. Let me see if I can unmute you. Your mic is not connected. Sounds real good. It's saying that your mic is not connected for some reason. You can hear him? Okay. Yeah, it says your uh, mic is not connected. It was connected, and now it is no longer connected. Can can you hear me? Because I can't I can't hear you. Check, check. One, two. There we go. There we go. Now we got you. I can hear you. Now can you I hear can't me? hear you. Now you can't hear me. That's weird. Hmm. Because I can hear. Check, check. You. Can't hear. We're going to figure this out. This is live stream, baby. This is what happens when we go live. I can hear you. Thank you. Thank awesome, you. Awesome. 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 All right. Sorry about that. No, that's what happens when we live stream. <laughs> it is. Got to keep it exciting. I know. That hasn't happened to me yet uh, in, t- in 2021. So we got that out of the way. Now that's- well, all right. Yeah. Early enough in the <laughs> year. Get that out of the way. Never happen again. The rest Never, of the year. Never, ever, ever. So I wanted to mention real quick, uh, I, it, something kind of funny happened to me today. I was When I was getting ready for this, I had put on my Kirby Crackle playlist, and the very first song that came up was Cozy Pants O'Clock. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's one of my favorites. And I remember after that album came out, that was like, what, 2013? Yeah. And yeah. I would, yeah, I would come home from work, and I would, um, We'd, we'd do dinner, we'd get all the stuff done that we needed to do during the evening. And once all the responsibilities were done, I would literally tell my wife, it's Cozy Pants O'Clock. Oh, nice. But now, it's just Cozy Pants O'Clock all the time. It's, it's Cozy Pants 24-7. That's right. And do you even really need to wear pants? Well, I well, got yeah. the, the family doesn't want to see me walking around with no pants on. I think that's like the last line of, of, of mystique in a relationship in this past yes. year, right? Where... <laughs> Where you could not wear pants, there's no one saying you have to, but you want to stay your best dressed. Yes. With cozy pants. That, that counts yes. as formal wear, I think, at this point. That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so how are you holding up during the pandemic? You know, man, uh, my wife and I were just talking about, like, real talk. It was it was uh, three months to three months, and then it's month to month and week to week. And it's day by day, brother. Like, to be honest, uh, taking care of a four-year-old full-time. Yeah. Um, big lessons to be learned in um, knowing when to say I need a break, knowing uh, being in the moment. I think that's one of the biggest gifts of this time is should we all learn to live to be in a moment this much more? I think that's a real positive thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just made my my wife and my daughter and I and our dog like just really um, bonded in a new way. And that's, that's a real good thing because, I mean, all of us in our homes, we've been through the trenches together, right? And it's like, I just think uh, it's very fascinating to see. And I don't think we'll really know till years from now, really, how this all changed us yeah. in, in many ways. How about you? What, what do you guys, how is this week for you? 
It's been, well... Well, this week is shitty. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a pretty weird week. It's been <laughs> yeah. pretty crazy. Um, yes, but has. as far as as far as the, the being home with the family, it's, it's fine. You know, I'm one of those folks that I'm a very... Uh, I'm typically pretty antisocial in the first place. So mm. for me to be home all the time and not have to talk to folks and go out and be among people, it's pretty much my idea of heaven now my wife is very social okay um so it's she's she has a tough time with it every now and then but um we're hanging in there i think this is a real test when it comes to relationships and families and couples and having to be somewhat forced to be together it's like you said you you either bond or it goes the wrong way and so far it's it's going the right way that's great that's good to hear so i i find i find it uh, surprising that you feel like you're not a social person because I, th- I feel like you're very social or this is this is your well this, this is, is your lane this is your lane yeah. that you choose it to yeah be this is different Ho- hold gotcha. on just a second um i don't know how to send messages through it or whatever but will you please let people know that we are intentionally keeping up our christmas tree okay as long as we want to remind ourselves of non-material blessings throughout the year it's not because we lazy did, did if nobody heard that yes the christmas tree is still up on we purpose. we've left it up on purpose to, to remind us of our non-material blessings. To remind Hell us yeah. of our non-material blessings. Yes. Hell yeah. Ta-da. And also we need all the joy we can get. And if that means exactly. Christmas 24/7, that's what it means, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, do you? I agree. So uh <clears throat> you, I mean, just physically it looks like you've just embraced the quarantine cuz you were like this <laughs> fresh-faced young man and now you're got the long hair, got the beard. Now, now I'm a broken dad. I was a broken dad. <laughs> I was a broken dad before, but now my inside, now my yeah. outside looks like my inside. No, uh yeah, I don't know. I just um I just like so much time went by where I didn't get a haircut. Yeah. And I'm just like, let's just see what happens. Uh so yeah, it's the longest I've ever had my hair in my life and the beard is like I'm I'm day to day on that too, but I'm just going. I keep as mentally and physically we're in the bonus rounds of bonus rounds now. I think so. What what exists out in the nebulous ether? Let's keep chasing that. Yeah. Um, I also do uh, I do weddings for um, for corporate events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know if they want this guy showing, up, but that's who they're gonna get. So yeah. you know, it's, it's there's no rules, baby. Nice. <laughs> so let's let's talk about Kirby Crackle for a yeah. second. Um, <clears throat> First of all, how did you how did you get into music? How was music introduced into your life? What made you want to? I guess I'm assuming you picked up a guitar first. That was your first thing, or yeah. Um, I I've said in, in podcasts often that I didn't like music when I grew up. You know, I don't I don't know why. I just wasn't into it. I think uh, you know, I kind of had I, I was you know had a lot of uh, my dad left when I was little, so it was just like not like a happy little dude, right? Mm-hmm. For a long time, and and I just wasn't really into pop music. I don't know. Pop music wasn't really a thing that communicated to me. And, and um, that was something that my mom played all the time. But then, you know, when I was like tw- 11, 12, 13 is when the Seattle kind of grunge scene hit, Seattle music scene. And for whatever reason, that clicked to me of, I love those sounds. I like the visuals that I saw. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to try guitar because I was, I was at the age where a lot of other dudes I was doing sports with were getting a lot bigger than I was earlier and they were getting a lot faster and would throw the ball harder. And I was just like way out of my comfort zone. Like sports was just something that I just did. Like kind of every American kids just kind of push to do because that's the path of least resistance, I guess, in activities, yeah. right? Or yeah. it was in like the mid eighties. And so um, my uncle gave me my first guitar and I was just hooked. I felt like, you know, that's something I could do. That's something that felt 
like it was mine to me. Yeah. Nice. And so then how did uh, Kirby Crackle come to be? Uh, Kirby Crackle came to be after I was in a band from 13 to 24 called Layman's Terms um, in Seattle. And we were kind of like the the big all ages Seattle band kind of around here. We'd play bars before um, before you were even allowed to be in bars, right? Well, like we played bars like when we were like 18 years old. They'd bring us in right when it's time to play and make us leave right afterwards and bring all our gear out. So I did that for a long time. I was always into comics and, um, but I always like put little like superhero references in my songs that were just for me. Yeah. And then when that band broke up, when I was 24, I dabbled in some other stuff, but I really thought about what if you could make songs about superheroes that weren't, at least in my opinion, the definition of cheesy, right? Like mm-hmm. not, a, not a joke, but taking what I wish I could do if I was a comic book artist or a comic book writer and put that in what I felt I could do music and lyrical form. So yeah. that's, that's kind of how that became. And it was just like this kind of a one-off, really fun, laser-focused experiment on the first record and wasn't even thinking about the second record at all. Uh, and then when the first record did more in, what, like three months than any of my music had ever done in terms of getting it out there in years prior that I just decided that, okay, I'm all in on this. Yeah. I mean, you found a niche that not a lot of people were doing, um, you know, being a, a nerd myself, whenever <laughs> I would come across just a rock and roll song that mentioned Superman or Batman or anything, it's like, it just blew my mind. It was the coolest thing. I did. Do you, um, do you remember the spin doctor song pocket full of kryptonite? Yeah. That just, yeah, I look like I that like, guy now. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, you do. Doing the Spin Doctors guy dance. Um, but yeah, I think you you just kind of found something that people were wanting and weren't getting. Hmm. And uh, you, it's like it's like one of those things you got to kind of be in the right place at the right time. You got to find what people are. You got to. It's it's almost like you got to predict what people want and then just give it to them. And and uh, most people kind of stumble on that. Yeah, I wish I wish I could say I predicted it. I just I just did what kind of. I think it was the right place, right time for me, you know, to, to do it. And then I feel like if that communicated that to other people who were in that right place to receive it, then that's how I think maybe it worked out Yeah, in a way. Because it was, I mean, it, it shows, and I know this, but I don't consciously think it all the time. I, I should do it more that if you do what is really like just kind of working for you, right, in terms of your artistic vision, and you're like, I don't care about making anyone happy with this. This is just about me and how my fulfillment artistically might work out with it, then I think that translates, of course, more than anything you do to be pandering, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, totally. So that first album, the this just called Kirby Crackle, is that um, is there an actual band on that album or is that, are those like electronic drums and... Those are electronic drums. So that was all done in GarageBand. So if nice. anyone if anyone wonders if GarageBand is just kind of like, you know, too simple, like that whole thing was just done in GarageBand in my studio uh, in Seattle. And the band at that time, before I got the live band, was myself and my then business partner, Jim Demonakos, who, of course, people know from the early Kirby Crackle albums. Um, he ran Emerald City Comic Con forever. Um, and now he does uh, the Spin Rack products that he has and also oh, yeah. dabbles in other shows. Um, so that was he and I just like laughing and sitting around writing lyrics. And and he always wanted to dabble in the music world. And I always wanted to be a part of the comic world officially. So that was our, our Venn diagram crossover <laughs> uh, nice. of, of how we, of how we um, you know, happily and voluntarily used each other's skills. In yeah. That way. Nice. And so you're now, did you say you're in the Seattle area? Yeah. Nice. 
I was, uh, I used to be a musician, okay. uh, by say in my previous life, because, uh, um, I haven't played in a long time, but between 86 and 2002, I was a drummer. Oh, cool. Um, but I've, you know, it's, it's like, I've never been able to sit down and just say, you know what, I'm just going to do an album by myself. Yeah. And the nice thing about, but back then, I mean, you could, if you knew how to play all the instruments, but nowadays it's, it's a lot easier. I mean, let's, let's just jump ahead. One of your last albums, I think it was your last album, the Sub- Suburban Hearts. Mm-hmm. That was that, that's just all acoustic. Was that just you just sitting in your studio, just playing and singing? Yeah, it, it was, uh. It was me. I had I had a slow year financially with Kirby Crackle, where I I was wanting to do another record, but financially, like going to the big studio wasn't working out. And so I, that was again that was something that I could say just falls into the just for me category, where yeah. I had all these songs that uh <clears throat> that maybe I wanted to take to the band or some things I wanted to say that weren't necessarily comic related and fall into the category of people know my music of like parachute or or open up your window or needing a miracle stuff mm-hmm. like that, that I feel like people um, have received and maybe now come to expect as part of the Kirby crackle catalog where it's not all nerdy stuff. It's also about life. As we get older, of course, it's not all about nerdy stuff. It's about life. So yeah. that was just a whole record about life. Um, and yeah, it was just one acoustic, one guitar, a lot of times just like a single pass and purposefully not wanting to put a lot of instrumentation on it to just say, okay, what's the most raw, 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 thing I could do and actually written, um, you know, a lot of times you do a record and you figure out, well, how are you going to perform this? So what I did is I booked my CD release show, which is not something you usually want to do in case, you know, something bad happens and you don't get them in time or your album doesn't come out in time. I booked that and I gave myself the goal. So I knew it was just going to be me on stage. So let's write songs just for that experience. And it was kind of like this one-off, here you go, enjoy it. It's a little different but it's there for you guys. Nice. It's a good album. You know, it's one of those albums that when I was a kid, I probably would have, you know, when I was a teenager, I probably would have went acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you listen to, I listen to it and it's just, it's, it's really good. It's, it's, uh, there's something about the sound of just an acoustic guitar that mm. just really, it kind of digs in deep and just takes a hold of something inside of me. Mm. Just even the sound of the fingers just sliding up and down that squeaky sound up and yeah. down the strings. That's yeah. just, I just love that. Just love it so much. Thanks. Um, I love that. I love that too. And, and my producer who does my records for me, usually he says, you know, you could have done that here and I could have taken the squeak out. I was like, no, I want everything. Yeah. Like you can hear like a door closing in the background on yeah. some songs. And, and that was just an exercise in letting go. Yeah. You know? And d- before we move on, may I dare say that I think you're still a musician because if you were at one point, you always are. You know, yeah. if, you pick, if you pick up the sticks, you know, that's always a part of you. Uh, and it's there for you should you choose to, to do it. But I still count you as a rocker. So. Thank you. Thank you. Though I will say uh, a couple of years ago, because my my youngest, she is in the high school band, or at least she was when they were actually attending school. Cool. Um, and we went in for a parent teacher conference and they had a drum set set up in the in the band room and they were like, go play, go play. And like I haven't I haven't sat behind a set in 15 years. And I sat down and it's like <clears throat> it's like I could do it. G- give me an hour and it'll all come back to me. But just jumping behind it, it was not the same as, as it used to be. But yeah, you, you get the weird. neurons reconnected yeah. and everything, everything yeah. back in there and then it all be unlocked for you. It's like the, the muscles knew what they were supposed to do, but they weren't quite sure how to do it yet. Just yeah. yet. So, yeah. Um, so 
Oh, here's a VH1's Kirby Crackle Unplug. Kirby Crackle Unplug. I love the Unplug series, man. I yeah. I just watched the Allison Chains one the other day. Yeah, that's like, a good one. A good. Um, well, I got chills thinking about that. Uh, live. You remember that band Live? I do. Yeah, they had an amazing Unplugged. Um, that's the first time I saw someone playing with rods, you know, and um, and just uh, yeah, really a lot of cool stuff came out of that series. Lots. That's my that's my stepdaughter. Hi, Mary. <laughs> Hi, Mary. She goes by Abby. Hi, Abby. So, um, um, yeah, I just recently watched Pearl Jam on Unplugged, and that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's some good stuff. So the Kirby Crackle band, when you actually have a band, when you're playing live, when you're in the studio, those yeah. are, are they all the same mm-hmm. guys every time? Um, the first, so you think the first record's just me. The second record, I played everything except uh, the bass no i'm sorry i played the bass i didn't do the drums or the keyboard then superpowered love sounds like you mutate baby are all the same guys um and then i have an entirely new group of people since then there's been some overlap like yeah. we had a second guitar player for a while because i just wanted to do the frontman thing and and get better at that and explore that um and then my lead guitar patrick um got a little too busy and then cj stepped into his parts and i went back to my parts so uh yeah it's it's a good group of guys who always kind of have been around who know each other who are friends that kind of thing so shout them out who's who's all in the the kirby crackle band at this point yeah so it's uh jeff gall uh he's on um uh instagram at jeff gall music cj stout who's my guitar player and he's uh become uh kind of like a, a bigger name on twitch lately which is cool under a pile of pedals it's him just making like meditative loop sounds for hours on a pedals uh and then um joe malcolm is on bass nice yeah yeah so they're my dudes and we haven't practiced in a year man like i think this week was our last practice because our, our last show was last january at the triple door with an orchestra so you guys recently just got together and had a practice no no i'm sorry oh, like, i'm sorry oh, a week ago a, a year, year ago i'm year sorry ago. yeah wow. yeah okay yeah, yeah. No, we ha- and that's the i mean i've been rocking since i was 13 and that's the longest i've gone I mean, I think like three weeks is the longest I've ever gone without a band practice since I was 13 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy no, I, shit. I remember those days, three nights a week going out to going out to band practice. Yeah. So and that's how you get good. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, how, yeah. that's how you get tight. It's, it's very clear who practices and who doesn't practice. Yeah. We and, used to share space with a local band that would only practice the hour before they had a show to play. They would, <laughs> if, if we were in there practice and they'd come bang on the door, Hey, do you guys care if we run through our set real quick? We got a show tonight. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah that's, that's fine. <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, I've got some nerd music peers who I won't throw under the bus who I know do that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Stresses me out. I'm like, guys, but it, <laughs> but it always works out. Yeah. Um, so now with the whole quarantine and everything, yeah. since you said you haven't practiced or played a show in, in a year, in the meantime, you've been doing this little thing called the quarantine cast. I was doing that for a while. Yeah. Now, did you, cause the last time I looked, cause you're on my, my YouTube subscription, but it looked like the last one said something about you've moved over to Twitch. Yeah. I, I, I was doing that, you know, I was doing that for about two months and interviewing my friends and I was deep in it and I, and it, you know, I kind of stopped after George Floyd got murdered just because it felt a little weird to be. Yeah self-promoting so, or, yeah. or or whatever version of that and no you know no it's not a slam against people that were still doing that i just didn't feel like it was right for me at the time also um you know having full-time daycare of my four-year-old 
was really starting to get a little more intense yeah. and it was just kind of an exercise and well, I could keep this up, but I know I'm going to crash and burn and I, don't, and I don't know how long we have left for this. So now I stream on Twitch two days a week at 3 PM on uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that's like playing songs, um, talking, talking stories. I'll show you this. We've been reading from the, uh, the Rick Ross autobiography Nice every day. Uh, for about 10 minutes each time. So, you know, just kind of like free form and yeah. kind of kind of a come as you are hang. Cool. Yeah. So your four-year-old. Yeah. Is she a Kirby Crackle fan? Um, she is starting to be like, she, she'd been to see me at conventions before. And when I play, she's like, that's my dad, you know, but she didn't really get like what I do. But now like she has to listen to booty do math or roll over. She was singing booty do math the other day, which was pretty fun. Like that was like a yeah. special thing for me. I hadn't I experienced that yet. Um, I'm always trying to get her in the studio to record her voice. Cause her, I noticed her voice is really changing lately. And I want yeah. to be able to keep these memories. Um, but yeah, the funny, she went to two conventions with me. The funniest one was in Spokane, Washington um, two years ago. And I was teaching her how to sell CDs, right? Like, okay, there's people come up and, they might want to look, but it's not like a high pressure thing. And she's like, what's a high pressure thing? I'm like, well, you know, you just let people listen and they want something, they'll let you know. And so they came up and she, the first thing she says is she goes, you can buy a CD or you can go away. So she was <laughs> Yeah. Kids are pretty awesome. And I was like, hold up, hold up. In some situations you want to say that, but no, that's not, we're not yeah. doing that. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, I've got three kids, and mm -hmm. when um, E for Everyone came out, you know I like to listen to my music in the car, but you got to be kind of selective what you listen to when you mm -hmm. got kids, because my youngest would have been uh, five or six at the time, mm -hmm. and so I would listen to a lot. Of, I had a uh, a mix of a lot of uh, nerd music, that the, the the clean nerd music, and yeah. So I would listen to a lot of Kirby Crackle in the car, and uh, one of their favorite songs, it's funny, it, Going Home was my youngest daughter's most favorite song for the longest time. Wow. And I don't think she, she, she'd never, I mean, she was five years old. She's never been to a comic book convention. She didn't understand what it was about, but she just, yeah. just the, the, whenever that song would come on, I'd look back in the, in the, in the rear view, and she'd be back there playing the drums and oh, singing along and something so about this is, or something. this is a, this is a Kirby crackle household right oh, here thank is, you. Is, is, is what I'm trying to tell you. Thank um, you. Man. I appreciate that. Coffee is for closers. Coffee's for closers. <laughs> you can buy a seat or you can go away. Yeah. That's but, uh, a, and that was a purposeful thing that, you know, after the first record when we did teabagged and then a lot of parents came up to me, they go, Man, I like playing this for my kids. Got to skip teabag though every time, just to let you know. Yeah. And I yeah. kind of got embarrassed, <laughs> like when when so many parents told me that. And I, I obviously I was like thirty, so I I wasn't thinking from the I didn't have kids then, so I wasn't thinking from the parental viewpoint of things. Yep. And then when I heard that enough times, I was like, okay, this is clean. This is all this is all clean from now on. Everyone yeah can listen to this together. We can throw little winks in there, but but no no blatant. Uh, lyrical content. It's funny because I re I wondered about that because I you know the first album I would have a few of those songs in the rotation stuff like um, back to the beginning and up up down down and stuff like that but yeah yeah bag was definitely not one of them in the rotation when the kids were in the car and then I know then when the second album came out it was all clean and I thought I wonder if they did that on purpose I, and and I literally had that thought in my mind that yeah. maybe parents were telling you that. We would love to play the whole album in front of the kids, but we can't. It's like, but, come on, man. And it, it was, yeah, they were like, come on, man. And also they go, I mean, we like it, but also, you know, so it was, uh, 
yeah, it was a conscious choice on that. Yeah. So do you have anything new? Are you working on something? I mean, like you said, you haven't gotten together with your band in over a year, but is there plans for a, a new Kirby Crackle album at some point? Yeah, I just talked to my producer the other day and, and um, you know, he uh, he was having some people come into the studio for a while and then it got a little hairy and he's like, ah, I don't, you know, when, when fall hit, he goes, I think I'm done with that. So, you know, I I talk a lot on social media about about how it's important to do the hard work so we can get out of here. Um, and so, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be an example of that and, and not, and not, you know, not, not practice what I preach in that right. way. So, you know, with things, I don't think we, I don't think we're going to have a full, full album again until fall. Probably I would think we might start doing some record, some remote stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've been re- releasing a lot of singles. I have more singles coming out. I'm just trying to put like stuff out there. But as far as like a, you know, full front to back Jim Ma food album cover experience, uh, as far as an official album, that might be a little bit. But yeah, there's stuff coming out, though. Well, and the nice thing about this day and age is you you can literally do remote recording. You could do an entire album with a full band with people living in different areas of the United States. Mm-hmm. But there's also that price that you pay where there there's just something a bit more special about everybody being in the same room yeah playing that song even if it's just for the drum track you know just to get the drum track down with everybody in the same room playing the song and then then you go back and you overdub the guitars and the vocals and all that stuff but there's yeah if we can just get the drums that's a big deal right yeah. and that's also hard like unless you have a a, a studio that's built for that um if you have all the mics that's just not a situation a lot of people have so it's coming and i and i also want to part of me wants to fully go through this experience maybe before we start writing for it even like i want it to be you know in a perfect world at least how i think now like a definite line in the sand mm-hmm. like this is my thoughts after going through this not release something that's kind of in the middle of it again yeah. we have some we have some singles coming out that's about the middle of it but um as far as like a celebratory you know finally being able to do crackle fest fantasy where everyone's there and we're all tight and we can give people the show they deserve. That's, that's something that I'm going to hold, you know, in here to, to do a certain way. But you're still putting stuff out. You did a quarantine and uh, a wonderful, I want to social distance with you. That's, (laughs) that's such a great song. And then um, you did your, you still do your yearly Christmas songs. Yep. Yep. Just put that out. And in fact, you, you put that out, uh, you put an album out of all your Christmas songs, right? I did, yeah, a couple of years ago. Um, I'm trapped in a hu- human centipede for Christmas with the worst album cover uh, ever. Maybe <laughs> like, in terms of Yuletide celebration, yeah. uh, looking a little too happy to be on the front of the centipede. And so, yeah, that was a collection of, of songs from over the years, and also Patreon songs that I that I had put out. Yeah. Um, and there's there's one that never made it out because it was hit with a copyright tag, even though it didn't it wasn't violating anything um nerd rocking around the christmas tree was yeah. going to be on that record um i might put that out try again at some point because i think it just got tangled up somehow uh but yeah working on working on uh some new songwriting techniques I, i'm taking an advanced advanced songwriter class to learn some new tricks um and so that's been fun and challenging and and you kind of have a peer group in there where everyone shows their songs and and that's kind of for non-nerdy stuff, but it's more just about arrangement and and uh, vibe and melodies and stuff. And did I hear somewhere that um, 
you write songs for other folks? Were, were, did you have a job at one point where you were writing songs for people? Or I did, yeah. I worked for a company in Hawaii for a while um, where I, uh, I would write stuff for like Hallmark Channel style movies. And that was that was like the year or two before Kirby Crackle started and like kind of overlapping with that. Um, but that's also kind of what this class is about, is about how to pitch songs to other artists. Because I have a lot of stuff that that isn't, you know, I like, but doesn't really fit with the Kirby Crackle deal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I like to dabble in like, you know, rap tracks kind of. And I like to dabble in, you know, singer-songwriter, Indigo Girl-esque Lilith Fair jams, you know, that's kind of what Suburban Hearts was for me. Yeah. Uh, and, and also just like full on rock, rock, rock. So part of what I do now when I write Kirby Crackle songs is I look and I say, what, what are the tools that we already have? You know, before, uh, before E for Everyone, we didn't have a real, you know, fast song, um, like Great Lakes Avengers or something like that. So that was like, okay, we need, I want that song. I want to be able to play this song live. I want to have this kind of, arc to a show you know you don't want to be flat yeah you don't you want to have peaks and valleys and kind of take people on a journey so um you know we have so many songs now and there's only like 15 songs on the set list that you kind of have to pick and choose what you want that to be so if we're not playing a certain older song as much anymore i need like a faster song a new faster song that kind of fit that slot yeah yeah that's what i like about you guys because you'll have like uh you'll have songs like north of the wall Mm-hmm. which is just really pounding and in your face. And then you'll have just freaking grandma's house is probably one of my favorite songs. I just, just oh, love thanks, that man. tune. And then you have your, your, well, your ballads. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I can't, can't think of the name of that song off of E for everyone that I love so much. Oh, um, henchman. Ballad. Henchman is freaking great. Yes. I'm thinking of the ballad though. What's the ballad of the, the, uh, oh, I with the, uh, <laughs> She makes him want to f- clean his action figure case. Oh, Dusty Cartridges. Dusty Cartridges. Yeah. <laughs> Love that song. Thanks, man. It's so funny. And it's just, it's just a good, it's just a good tune. Now, speaking of E for Everyone, I remember around the time that that album came out, you were trying to start a campaign to get ring capacity yes. during the ending credits of the Green Lantern movie, which yes. didn't work out. Are you looking back on that? Are you, are you pretty okay with that, that song not being at the end of that movie? Yeah, I mean, it was funny because Jim and I went to go see it. Uh, my ex-partner, Kirby Crackle, Jim Demonakos, and I went to go see it at uh, at the theater together, an afternoon show. And by the end, we looked at each other and we're like, okay, good thing that didn't... I mean, not a good thing, but it, we weren't stoked about the movie. And granted, when I look back on it now, it's like, I'd like to watch it again. I haven't seen it for a long time. Yeah, yeah no, it's true. But, you know, now the fantasy is, who do I know it? You know, who is nobody? I need to figure it out. But who do I know at HBO to, to work out that miniseries? Um, yeah, and, and again, it's like I'm also aware that the trend right now for shows like that isn't to put pop music really in them, right? It's like a lot of stuff is orchestrated and and epic sounds, but I don't know. Maybe the circle's coming around again, man. Maybe they need a yeah, maybe I mean, need a pop rock song. Look at some. I mean, you think of movies now like uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy or yep. um, Suicide Squad. They were, I think, Suicide Squad tried a little hard with their with their. Uh, pop music influences mm-hmm. but uh you know i think there's still room there i think i think you guys still got a shot yeah thank you i feel like i feel like that song still has life i feel like a lot of these songs even though they're like you know five six years old have 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 life so well, yeah uh, ring capacity is there's nothing about that song that's going to get old because mm-hmm. it it's does it's a it's you know it's an evergreen it's cool. you're just touching on the basics of who green lantern is and uh none of that's changed 
Yeah, that's you not going to change, right? Yeah. Like, that's that's the goal. Is like, what's the root of the character? Not, you know, the, the goal has has always been not what is the new costume, you know, right. that's going to change. But like, what's the what's the meat and potatoes, basic ass DNA of this? Right. What's the, what's the new costume? How can we tell the same origin story, just slightly different? Yeah, you know. Yeah. But it's it's all the same. It's all the same stuff. Yeah. Um. So you're like I said, you're still putting out. You're still doing singles. You're you. Did you say you've kind of stopped the quarantine cast, or you're just what you're doing on Twitch is a little different? Or yeah, it, on Twitch it's not so much special guests. It's just kind of like more music and hangs and free form. Um. Yeah, I had I haven't done the quarantine cast since June. Um, mm-hmm. cause I just had to take a break and then, and then I kind of really had to think about what did I want to do? I think for me, uh, and for a lot of artists, when it became clear, this is a long-term situation. I kind of wanted to take a step back and look and say, what's going to sustain me? What is doable both physically and mentally for this nebulous amount of time yeah. that we have. And so for me right now, that takes place in the, in the Twitch sphere. Um, but you know, I pop into YouTube and, and Facebook and stuff and still do, uh, still do stuff there from time to time. The goal of Twitch was to get everyone into one space. Mm-hmm. Um, and though, you know, a lot of people have who are watching on Facebook and YouTube have moved to Twitch. I was just talking with my guitar player who's very successful on Twitch about this. Uh, it's like not everyone has because it's just asking for another thing too. You know what I mean? Like I'm aware of that too. It's yeah. like people don't want necessarily want to sign up for a whole nother thing. And, um, and so that's why I still, you know, go to YouTube and Facebook and, and check in. Yeah. Right now I can't watch Twitch on my TV. Mm. I can watch, I can watch YouTube on my TV. Yep. 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 Can't, can't get that Twitch out there on the TV. Yeah. I think, I mean, the only time I, the only thing I hear about when people watch on their TV is for Apple TV, but also the, the UI is an interesting experience with that. Yeah. Into the lantern verse. Into the lantern verse. Yes. Let's all step in. <laughs> I'm stoked about Oscar Isaac as uh, as Moon Knight, though. So I wore this today to yeah. contribute to that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's going to be pretty sweet. Looking forward to that. And then we've got, of course, coming up right away, we got Vision, WandaVision starting. Yeah. Is that next? next? That's next week. 15th. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm, I'm, I got I'm excited, man. I think it's just going to be weird and different enough. I mean, all the reviews I read is people like, oh, they pulled this off, too. Who knew? Yeah, I've heard it's basically a nine hour movie. Mm. You put it all together and it's basically a nine hour movie, which kind of has me a little excited. Yeah. So what are, what are you nerding over right now? What's got your little nerd heart fluttering? What am I nerding over? I bought the um, I bought the absolute Wildcats uh, big trade from Image off Amazon the other day. Um, it's over there. It's just thick. It's like this big book, uh, just kind of, you know, wildcats one through, um, one through 10, I think, uh, from image comics in the early nineties. If people don't know what that is, Jim, one of Jim Lee's, well, Jim Lee's first book, right. After, after leaving Marvel. Uh, and then there's also like five issues of cyber force in there, which I didn't know. Hmm. So I was really excited about that. I've kind of been going, I've kind of been trying to go back to like, the roots of like what really got me excited about comics. Yeah. Um, and that's a time that really got me excited. Like I'm trying to, as we, as we're going through this moment and as we're stepping out of the moment, I'm trying to really refine what I like about Kirby crackle and what I want to do. And I know it came from that place. So sometimes yeah. I'll go back to things that were influential to me or, or, or really made me excited to kind of tap into that thing again, to see if I've got all the juice out of, you know, <laughs> subject A. Um, but I finished the Viking series. If you ever watched that on, um, oh, what channel was that? It was a history, history channel history. show. Yeah. 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 
And my wife and I have been watching that since day one, and that's one of our favorite shows. So that just wrapped up on Amazon Prime. Um, and if no one's seen that, if you've been interested, that's one of my favorite shows of all time. I've seen uh, the first few seasons. I keep yeah. meaning to get back to it. I, I need to get back to it because, yeah, it is really enjoyable. It is. And there's a lot of like, you know, it's not a spoiler, but there's time jumps. And that's where I think a lot of people, just like what you said, they watch it for a few seasons and maybe think like, okay, it's going to be more of this, but it gets freaked out and it's yeah. really cool. Uh, so I highly recommend that. Um, just been really trying to get into production lately. Like been nerding out about learning how to write different kinds of beats. Um, I've been gaming a lot more than I have in years, which I think that's a lot of us who now have been doing that. Yeah. Um, so I got watchdogs Legion. I really like that. Um, that's a really different experience. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla that kind of ties into the whole Vikings thing for me. So that's fun. And, uh, the, uh, was that Marvel ultimate three on switch ultimate Alliance three. Have you played those games before? No, I'm not really a gamer. Okay. I'm, I'm one of those guys that, uh, well, first of all, I can't really afford it. Yeah. Um, okay. and also if I could, I, my family would probably never see me. That's just, yeah. all, that's all I would do. And so, yeah. you know, know thyself, right. I have a <laughs> yeah. lot of friends like that. They're yeah. like, they're like, I just can't, I know, yeah. I know it's going to take over everything. Yeah. To me, that's my little escape lately. That's my, that's my downtime. Yeah. Um, so, and that's cool because I think when I, when I started being able to do music full time, that took away a lot f- from my gaming time, right? And now with that kind of on hold to a degree, it, it opens up different paths. Yeah. Do you, you still play every day though, right? You play your guitar? Oh yeah. Yeah. I play guitar and write all the time. I guess yeah. when I say practice, I'm referring to um, with the dudes, you know, and like you right. said, there's, there's nothing, I mean, I know this time has really made that feel very, very valuable to me. I mean, I always felt yeah. it was valuable, but it's, it's taken a new place of like, you know, we, we have Zoom band meetups every once in a while and we all talk individually, but the, the new thought is, you know, the fantasy of what it's going to be like to play that first show again and then realize that we have this toy, you know, that maybe we just knew was always there and didn't really, um, uh, didn't really f- take fully to heart of what it was. But I think we all know this thing that we have together now that we can't wait to share again and just have fun with. Like, it's just, this is going to be really fun. This is uh, my daughter speaking on my, my gaming ability. Try to play Mario, but stop because it was too hard. Hey, brother, me too. I've never beat Mario Brothers. I got I was getting it. I was getting angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's when, when, when you die for the upteenth time and your first instinct is to throw the controller across the room, it's time to walk away. Yeah. It's I, time to walk away. I have to be very aware of that with me. Yep. My, my wife's like, I have never seen you sometimes more mad in your life than you are games. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. That goes but- back. That goes back. <laughs> That's how they make them, though. They have freaking <laughs> psychologists and whatnot that work for the game company, and they make them that way on purpose. So it, it's frustrating to get through a level, but once you do, you get those freaking dopamine endorphins that just secrete your brain, and you're so, I'm ready for the next level. And then, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> um, now we have, I know we've got a couple of people watching right now so if uh-huh. you if anybody has any questions for kyle now's your time to ask him now's the time because he's never going to ask and answer another question once once we're done here ever. <laughs> ever no more no more questions ever all questions are off the table until tomorrow so you're you said you're still playing you're still writing um yeah. what comes first for you the the music or the lyrics um that would be the music usually you know and that's kind of 
Uh, here, I, I got a guitar. I got this all tuned up just in case cool. we had to do something here. I'll show you. Um, so, like, um, I don't know. What's, what song? And then hopefully I can play what song you're talking about. Oh, good Lord. Don't put me on the spot. Or, or Dusty Cartridges, right? You're there you go. Dusty yeah. Cartridges? Okay. So that, would, that just started with me just kind of going... And then usually when songwriting happens, it's just like trying to get a melody, right? So it's like right, and you kind of figure it out. And you know, as this guy who's teaching this class was talking about, that's just from years of listening to music. That's not yeah. that's not like let me just write out these melodies that mathematically are correct or work in a scale. It's just kind of like what kind of feels cool. And then you can always go back and you can um, try a different melody, but you know, you know, 99% of the time, nothing is going to be better than the first thing you came up with. Cause that yeah. kind of comes from that source place. And then when you get your brain involved is when it gets all messed up, you know, it's got a, you know, it's like, like James Brown talked about, he goes, I don't play music from here. I play music from here. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's, it's a, it's a real thing. Like that's what connects to people. Uh, and I don't know if Dusty Cartridge is from here, but it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, I mean, you like it, so it's good. Well, yeah, when, uh, back when I was playing, you know, we, one of the bands I was in, you know, every practice, you know, maybe our guitar player would come in and he'd say, Hey, I got this, I got this riff and he'd play through the riff. And then the, the bass player would play along. I'd play along. And then before you knew it, we, we, we had a song Yeah. and then our singer would, he would, yeah, he, course he's not going to just write lyrics on the fly so he'd literally just as the song's playing as we're playing the instruments he'd just start belting out a melody just you know and then we'd he'd record it on tape and then go home and write lyrics to it so, yeah i think that's the way a lot of people do it and and also that gives you the chance to see i mean you don't want to be and then sorry then you write lyrics to those sounds right and you see like where the space is or or where yeah. can you where can you you know, in songwriting, they say like, where do you trim the fat, right? Like, like, is your verse too long? Okay, do you really need to have three choruses? You know, and that will also change the lyrics and stuff. That's been a big part of, I feel like my songwriting involvement over the past five years, maybe, is what needs to be there versus what do you want to be there? Yeah. Right. Like, like maybe you have, you know, I don't know, there's no real way to show it on guitar at the moment, but how to, uh, maybe you want to go back to the chorus again because you like it, but it's like, does the listener need to hear that? Yeah. Are they going to be like, all right, I'm done. Or do they want to go back and listen to it again? Right? It's, like, it's the same thing, even if, because uh, I also do some, do some writing. I've written a couple books and they, they oh, use cool. the term when people talk about writing, it's, they say, uh, you have to be willing to kill your babies. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you wrote a chapter that you love doesn't mean yeah. it needs to be in the book. No. And so, yeah, same thing. Just because you want to go back to that third chorus, that chorus for the third time doesn't mean that it should be there. So you have to be willing to take that stuff out for mm-hmm. the for the betterment of the song. And that's hard to do because there's ego wrapped up in that, yeah. right? I mean, there's all those things. That's that's been a that's been a learning experience for me with my dudes is that I mean, even since I was 13, it's just this thing I always have to keep myself in check about where if there's three people telling me that I need to relook at something. Yeah. They're not trying to be assholes. You know, they're, they know it's not what I want to hear, Yeah, but it also shows like a level of caring, right? You want to have people that care enough to challenge something that, that you're working on yeah. um, or like a lyric could be better. Or if they want you to push yourself and sing it higher or sing it lower, 
Um, and that's part of, you know, circling back again to the live practice thing. That's so much of that stuff is done right there. When you're sending tracks back and forth, you miss those real time engagements where maybe someone hits a wrong note, but you like, go, Oh, that was cool shit. Like do that, do that again. Something that people would have never thought about if yeah. you didn't have that immediate reaction. So, you know, like live streaming technology, the, what we have is so amazing. And it's made this time more tolerable, right? But as you and I know, as good as this is, as much fun as we're having, if we were in the same room, it'd be even better. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, that's I agree. The, and that's the thing that I think that technology is always trying to show us we don't need, but at least to me is abundantly clear that we do, especially yeah. after this past year. I mean, if there's ever been a sign, it's, you know, what's what what ain't fully broke is still working. Yep. Yeah. It's like technology is showing us to technology can bring us closer together, but it can also show us that there's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. This is a good bridge, mm-hmm. but eventually we need, we still need the face to face. Here's a, here's a question from one of the viewers. Is the CD format dead? Mm. That is a question I ask myself every time when it's time to print up a new record. Uh, Vinyl seems to be coming back. That seems to be a, vinyl, a popular yeah. thing. But yep, I think the the king of physical media or a, a distribution model for my money right now is vinyl and a download card. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like Kirby Crackle's gotten away with CDs for a while still because it's a piece of physical medium, right? And our people nerds like a physical thing, right? Yes. Like we want to print and we want to book. Yep. So. For years, my friends and local bands were like, how are you still, still selling CDs? And I'm like, well, it's because it just goes with the deal. It goes with the territory. But I think, you know, even, I don't know if you're experiencing this. I am. And I hear friends, like, as you get older, too, you just don't want to have so much stuff. Yes. Right? Yep. And it's, you'll be very, a little more picky and choosy about prints or books that you get um, to not have it fully take over your life. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, I try to provide all avenues for people. But I think the CD is still king in terms of sound quality uh, but i think there will always be people that want them but i mean i know it's easier to fire up my record on our phone as well as you do yeah 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 it's like it's like dvd or streaming mm-hmm. if i've got a if i've got a movie on dvd but it's also on netflix it's going to look better if i put the dvd in but who, who wants to go through all that bother get up get the dvd out put it in the dvd player you know just hit the remote control and get it up on netflix so yeah it's yeah, it's, I wish there was a way to have both. I mean, yeah. you can't have both, but yeah. it's, a whole, it's more it's but, a whole other thing. But you're right about our people, the the, yeah. the 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 nerd fan. You know, especially if you have uh, a CD that features artwork from somebody like a like a Jim Mafood. You know, it's it's not just a, a, a CD. It's it's a piece of art, and they yeah. can you know you can display it. There's so much of us, and and you're right. The older you get, you kind of realize you've just got too much stuff but you know we buy the physical stuff and we put it up on a shelf and we say this is who i am this is you know these books these cds these albums this is who i am and so yeah i get it yeah Yeah. i agree and that and i go back and forth all the time i mean i look at my comic book rack right now as we're talking about what am i into and it's there's a very definite cutoff date of a year of physical books yeah right and so yeah might have to look at that at some point but yeah you don't you don't want that necessarily i think to be a representation of here's who i am until this year (laughs) yeah you know so what are you into comic book wise um i'm reading i i kind of live on marvel comics unlimited yeah uh and you know the the hickman x-men stuff i'm still open to it hasn't been my favorite but that's been kind of really what i've been diving into um 
really taking a look at a lot of independent stuff lately. Finally finished Walking Dead all the way. Um, and I haven't picked up very many new titles lately. It's kind of going back, like I said earlier, like what what is appealing? What was appealing to me at the beginning of my fandom that kind of yeah. led to where I am now? So kind of doing soul searching of a lot of books from that time, like just been reading a lot of Chris Claremont stuff. Um, he had a book come around, come out around the time of the first X-Men stuff called First Flight and Grounded. I don't know if anyone knew about that. Uh, so I started picking that back up again. Um, yeah, just kind of going back and checking out the early 90s stuff, all the image stuff. They have a great documentary on uh, Hulu, I think it is, or YouTube, excuse me, if people haven't seen that yet about the first, uh, the image years. Yes. And how those guys were rock stars. It was amazing. Yeah. I thought that was just, I, I was glued, man. Yeah, that's a good one. I got a couple more questions here from our yeah. viewers. What nerd parenting advice do you have? Read kids' comics right away or wait? Mm, good question. I can you tell go you. First. You go first. Because <laughs> my, my oldest is 18, and yeah. I was reading comics to him right away. Uh-huh. And he really seemed to dig them. You know, he would, he loved. I had a, a copy of Crisis on Infinite Earths, and he mm-hmm. would just pour over that thing. He could, he could barely read, but he loved the pictures. Yeah. I read through most of uh, John Byrne's Fantastic Four run with him cool. and stuff like that. But uh, he doesn't read comics now. So my, my two girls didn't introduce them right away to comics and uh they i got one who reads comics but she's mostly uh she's she reads a lot of manga um but you know it's my thought is if you've got something to read to the kid read to the kid regardless of what it is the more you read to your child the the more your kid's probably going to be into reading Mm -hmm. and the more well-rounded the kid's going to be yeah i agree just having the having the opportunity right to digest those things Mm -hmm. i um you know, again, my daughter's four, so we're starting about that. We we went to the comic shop a lot before everything hit, and she was starting to get into My Little Pony a little bit and just having something physical that she can mess up the pages with, you know, like, yeah. I'm not going to let her hang out in the room with the Wildcats. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm like, you must put on gloves before you touch this. <laughs> so, but uh, she really likes the um, the Marvel Superhero Squad, and that's, yeah. if you're aware of that, like that, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, Disney plus show. It's just, it's just titillating and simple enough. You know, there's a little bit of drama, but it's simple and everything works out little seven minute chunks. So I think right now that's our superhero comics. Yeah. And she asked me about these people and like, what's a bad guy and does this person want to hurt people? And it's, it's very interesting checking out the, uh, the, the morality questions that pop up even with the, the simplest of superhero stories. Yes, I got my stepdaughter in the comics, so you're welcome. <laughs> you know, it's it's for me, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword because I uh, I spent a lot of money on comics in my youth. I, I, I don't anymore because I can't afford it, but it's like I would love for my kids to, to love something that I love, but I also don't want to give them something that they're going to spend a lot of money on you know mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's one of those things that I don't I don't want them to get as bad as I did where they're just buying stacks and stacks of comic books that are going to sit on their shelves for months before they even read them when mm-hmm. you know because as a parent it's you got better things to spend your money on but you know it's one of those things yeah and also that's just something to learn too right I mean people have to learn those things yeah, exactly. I, I learn, learn the lessons that we had to learn. I'm the same way. Like I, it got to the point where, you know, in the third, I think by the third record of Kirby Crackle, like maybe 
mid 2010s um i had so many comics that i was still getting that i wasn't catching up on because we were on the road and doing like 20 conventions a year it just like those things started to have an energy of their own no like i want to i want to read to digest not read because i feel like i have to right keep going and so yes. that's definitely been a conscious choice for me since then uh, of what to keep up on and knowing that you know i can't keep up on everything anymore um but yeah yeah i i think any better though he's talking about music kind of put an analogy analogy forth with this saying that he goes, I want my kids to love Ramones, right? Like I want my kids to, to love Ramones and Fugazi and the who, because that's what I love. But also, you know, one direction and Ariane Grande are there who and Ramones, yep. like it's, it's from a different time. So like, what is, what is something that you can help them put their love into that is of the now that's also a way you can do it. Have you ever drawn your own comic books? I drew, I drew comic books when I was 12 for a long time. I was going to be, I was fully convinced I was going to work for image comics uh, at 12, which of course I was not going <laughs> to, but I, I, uh, I wrote a story in the skull kickers volume one, an, 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 um compendium. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with that book? Skull kickers? Oh yeah. I, I it, that was a, a book that I collected it was one of those books that I was buying off the rack yeah. um, at the tail end of when I stopped buying comics. Mm -hmm. So I have, I've never finished it and I keep meaning to. So now I've got more of a reason. Yeah. It was a short story in the back about like this band of assassins. So Jim Zub, who's a friend, he said, Hey, you know, do you guys want to write this kind of music themed thing? And that was kind of fun. And I'd never done that before. So uh, yeah, it was a cool opportunity to have. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, uh, we're coming up to the end of our hour, and I know that you've got kind of a busy day today. Uh, is there anything you want to make sure that folks know about you, about uh, what you've got coming out or what you have out now? Totally. Thanks for asking. Um, people can find me on Instagram at Kyle Stevens Music, um, streaming on Twitch every day at 3, I'm sorry, every Tuesday and Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Um, and we're entering the sixth year of the Kirby Crackle fan club on Patreon. And so what I do there is I put out two songs every single month. I've never missed two songs a month since 2014, 2015. Nice. Um, so there's like, you know, 120 something Kirby Crackle songs that are on a record. Uh, they're not all original songs. Some are covers, some are eight bit versions of Kirby Crackle songs, acoustic versions, um, weird stuff. Uh, and yeah, so we've got some uh, best of that coming out in the near future. And if you're into kind of like a nerd rock musical journal month to month, that's what that is. Nice. That's yeah. got to be it's, you know, you were saying that they're not all originals, which I'm going to say that would be a lot of pressure to, to put on yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like I have to make sure I write at least two songs and record them every month. And that's got to be a lot of pressure. Yeah. For original songs, it is. And so I, I do like it's like one original song a month and either a cover or an eight bit version or something that's a little weird. Um, try to throw curveballs at people all the time. It's not for every fan of my music. Like some people are just fine to, you know, of course, just check in on the albums and that's cool too. But if you're, if you're wanting to be a part of the process in a different way or see how the, how the soup is made, it's a different way to check in on that. Yeah. What are your, what are your tiers on Patreon? Do you have different oh, tiers? Yeah, we have different tiers. Uh, there's basically it's two songs a month for four bucks. And then there's the next level one where you can be part of a live stream. And then um, there's some other ones like 10 or 20 where you get like a Google hang um, stuff like that. So, and uh, the, again, those are maybe going to be shuffled around a little bit to kind of keep things a little fresh. 
Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's mostly about the the music. I'm always looking for ideas for my Patreon. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when when a as a podcaster, there's not a whole lot that I can do, especially when you're the father of three kids. And mm-hmm. but uh, I do a a special podcast just for them every week, every every Friday cool. they get an episode of my other podcast. That's the name of it. Yeah. So, but I'm always looking for I'm always looking for other ideas. I, I find it interesting to see what other creative types do and what they offer their folks. Because um, if I'm if I'm able to steal something, I'm going to steal an idea. Yeah. That's yeah. So yeah, we're all here to inspire each other, right? And that's I think, right. And also, you know, like you said, like with three kids, there's you know, I have one kid. And I know there's a limit on my time. You know, there's and 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 what's it gonna what's it gonna not be a have to and what's gonna be fun, right? Yeah. Something that you want to pop out. So that's why I always tell people when they start a new Patreon, I'm like, slow the roll a little bit. You can always add yeah. more. Yep, if you overcommit, exactly. that's not a good place to be. Luckily, my kids are at that age though, where because the youngest is 15, so mm-hmm. they pretty much look after themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that means that when we get in the car and I want to inundate them with the music that I like, it doesn't matter because they've got their phones and they got their headphones on, so oh, they're okay. not listening to it anyway. Yeah. Uh, it also means that when I leave the house, they're not uh, excited when I come home like they used to be. I mean, do you find when you leave the house and you come home, your daughter's like, "Dad's home." Um, you know, do you get that? It was before we were with each other all the time. Yeah. I mean, but I think in a weird way, maybe even more because of just a constant presence. I mean, my wife, thankfully, still has her job. And obviously, my job is put on hold till who knows when. Um, so I'm the one who watches our daughter every day. Yeah. And uh, and then on actually Wednesdays for a couple hours, I can be an adult and, uh, <laughs> and get creative. So she's around. She's with me a lot. Mom's the mom's the special one right now. But I know she's having fun too. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, the only person that's excited when I come home is the dog. Mm. So I suggest everybody get a dog. Cause yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, Hey man, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, I tell you what, uh, one thing I would always tell, I, I would always tell people about you is that you are a very friendly, generous person. Mm. Um, I have used your music time and again on my podcast and you've always been really cool about it. You know, I email you, Hey, do you mind if I throw a couple of your songs on an episode and you're, you're always willing to let me. So, well, thanks man. Thanks for wanting to use it. I appreciate that. Well, they're great stuff, you know? So yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you spreading the word and, and uh, people had fun today. And yeah, um, Today is not the only day they can ask me questions. That's that's true. That was that was all a lie. Everybody ask Kyle lie. questions whenever you want. He's always a, he's always available. Okay. Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Um, all right, I'm thanks, gonna, I'm going to end the broadcast, but we'll we'll still be on for a minute. Okay. Just you. Cool. Good job.